Patrick, guess what came in the mail today? Oh, what? This. Stick it in! I think a quote that summarizes this episode would be Denzel Washington training day in which he says, King Kong ain't got shit on me. And that's no. exactly what James Gunn said to probably Kevin Feige when he slipped the double birds and left for DC. But True. welcome to episode 104 of the MK Productions podcast. I'm your host, Matt, joined here by my co-host, Kristen, aka Miss Olingo. Uh, Kristen, how are you doing today? You've had a very eventful weekend, if I heard correctly. Yes, uh, uh, I did have an eventful weekend, but I would say, at least I would start the episode with, I am Groot, you know, because uh, that, that, translates to, that translates to King Kong ain't got shit on me. But yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the new Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, the newest entry being the third and final, for now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, directed by James Gunn, before he uh, jettisons off to go and try to fix DC and do a Superman movie. But we are not alone here to talk about um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We're joined here by two returning guests. I'll start with the one at the bottom of me. We've had him on before. I completely forgot which episode he was on before. Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis, yes, the uh, Uncanny Valley. But we talked about uh, Pinocchio and the horrors that was. But you can catch him on Instagram. It's uh, Darius. French, aka D Riptide. Welcome to back to the show, Darius. Yay, you're back. I gotta tell you, it still feels pretty surreal. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I never, I never actually thought I was gonna get a chance to talk about an actual mobile movie, like on a on a plot on a podcast, because I, because I am, um, I, I honestly didn't know how these these last two these last two weeks were, <laughs> how these last two weeks were going to go. I mean, I mean, on the one hand, I did see this. And I finally got around to watching all the Scream movies finally. So that's so that's a good plus. <laughs> but the good thing is you're here to talk today with us about a great Marvel movie, I must say. And I think, in my personal opinion, we'll hear about your guys' opinion later, but I think the best MCU film since Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, so. I was going to say, if you said since Endgame, you know, you need to back no, up and no, no, check no, your no, brain. No, no, <laughs> like, wait, no, what I was going okay. to check my card. No, don't worry. I did not forget Spider-Man No Way Home. But we're also <laughs> joined by our guests, who you lovely folks got to hear from last time, but Tyler's from Tyler Nerdy Movie Reviews. He is back. If you enjoyed him for the Marvel movie, he is back to talk with us for Guardians. So welcome back, Tyler. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. And so soon, too. Yeah, it was really soon. I know this is kind of a crazy situation, but we are so happy that you both can join us today to discuss, like I said, I think probably the greatest film, MCU film, since Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, but you already know where to find these two. The links will be in the description below. But so like I mentioned, today's show will be going over Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and how it shits on everything else that's come out since No Way Home. Um, then we're going to be getting into some film news. We got some interesting uh, stories coming out about a certain uh, Disney film that focuses on an old angry man, which I don't blame him in. And then we're going to be getting into box office reports because um, at the time of this recording, we are uh, four days away or three days away from the release of Disney's Little Mermaids. We're going to see the pre-box office era. We're about to go under the sea. Shut up. Um, but <laughs> besides that, if I'm I'm all set, and I think we should get right into the news. So uh, what do y'all think? We should, get, should we get into the news now? Yeah. I'm hooked on a feeling. Let's go, Mac. Let's no. get right into the news. This is CNN, a network of Turner Broadcasting System. 
All right, so the news for this episode, I'm going to start it off with. So before our recording, we were talking about how accurate Rotten Tomato is and how inaccurate it's been for probably like the last five years. I think for me, it's I started noticing how divisive RT is probably when Batman v Superman came out. And a lot of people were like, oh, you Marvel fanboys are tanking this quality high art movie, which, you know, if you're calling Batman v Superman a high quality art film, then uh, you need to get checked. But... I think they might be right because Indiana Jones 5 gets the worst Rotten Tomato score, including Crystal Sto- Crystal Skull. So um, Indiana Jones 5 um, is coming out on June 29th, and it's supposed to be the last um, – it's supposed to be the last Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. Um, it's going to have him in it. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is directed by James Mangold, and it will see us have him fight Nazis in the 1950s with time travel. And uh, right now, it is sitting, if I can see here, I believe it has... Where is it? Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna compare this. So, do you guys remember the 2008, the last time we got it, the Kingdom of Christmas Gold with uh, Shia LaBeouf as much? I was in sixth grade when it came out. I remember going to theaters to see so, that. Guess how much? Guess it's Rotten Tomato score before I tell you guys. Is that the dial? I thought at least. Oh, go ahead, Darius. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. No. Um. Okay. Well, I thought at least the last one, the two 2008 one, would be sitting at least a 50 percent, maybe 60. I haven't looked, but are we talking about the newest one? Well, we're talking about both. I want you to compare, like, okay, I, want to, I, guess, so I want you I, to guess the old, the 2008 movie and then the 2023 movie. Okay, so the 2008 movie, I believe it's probably sitting between anywhere from a 50 to 60, no more than 75%. I'm going to take a gamble. I'm going to, I'm going to say, mid, I'm going to say mid to, I'm going to say mid to high 70s because, because, because let's be honest, again, Ron Tomatoes is kind, kind of unreliable and I'm going to, and I'm going to be honest, some of these, some of these pre, so many scores from the the early the early to mid two thousands early twenty tens or whatever I don't I don't I don't necessarily know I don't know how the websites work or what work or whatnot but but comparing but comparing that to an Indiana an Indiana Jones movie with freaking time travel in it I you know, I I genuinely hoped those time travel rumors were not going to be true I may be jumping ahead you know but I'm really sorry um I'm gonna go probably like the mid fifties to the low sixties on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And then I'm going to get more accurate on the new one because I think I did see a picture that it was like 43, 46%. Yeah, I, rec- I recall seeing that photo too, the one that it was like circulated and like, like had just a little rotten, little smush pota- tomato, yep. little said potato. But Matt, <laughs> give us the news. All right, so the 2008 film Crystal King of School, Crystal Skull is sitting currently at 77% certified Ooh, fresh. Ha. And at the time of this recording, Dial of Destiny is sitting at a fifty-two percent. Yikes! That's when I when I last saw it. I thought it like Tyler just said. I thought it was sitting at a forty-five percent. They must be switching some critics right now to say, uh, "Can you give us a good review since this is Harrison's last movie, please?" So, um, but uh, just keep in mind, uh, Indiana Jones Five has gotten only twenty-nine critic twenty-nine critics reviews, while um, Crystal Skull has a three hundred and. uh, I think 309 for the uh, 308, 308. But um, yeah, so guys, were you guys excited for the Indiana Jones movie? Because I will say this, I wanted to see it just because I like Mads Mikkelsen. I can't stand Phoebe Waller-Bridge and her 
writing is very um we're not gonna get political here but it's very uh though on the pro side it's, dis- but, it's yeah. very divisive <laughs> yeah to a degree. that's a, that's the best you, way you can say it were you scared of them doing i was scared of them doing they're like oh you're an old man let me check your privilege you old white man and like i'm like oh no but and then the, the trailer came out with de-aged harrison ford and awful cgi and it's just like it looks like harrison ford's bored but were you all excited to see the new nina jones movie i'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you i honestly i <laughs> I was I was just looking at Indiana Jones and Dollar Destiny as as just as, as just a regular fifth movie like 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 a franchise like I'm like like I'm not gonna be like <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my previous point that I meant back to the previous point I mentioned because because even as someone who I'm familiar with the Indiana Jones movies I I I watched them I get I get the significance of, of how good they are and whatnot but even mm-hmm. but even but even I have to admit as someone who 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 watched them who liked them but didn't get that far into them that even as far as the third movie with them literally riding up into the sunset and <laughs> with them literally riding up into the sunset dial dial, dial of destiny if, if, if even if even if i did find myself mildly enjoy mildly enjoying the movie for some way or another it was gonna be nothing more than just a grotty little epilogue where they stumble and fall in horse shit let's be <laughs> and and, that, and that's not even the worst and that's the like like seriously you 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 I was I I wasn't even sure about the time travel rumors until I until and, and until I saw some, until I saw some some rumors flying around online and I and I'm like I was genuinely hoping that that thing was not going to be true under any circumstances I mean you'd have to try really hard to 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 make an Indiana Indiana Jones movie that's worse than the one that has Shia LaBeouf swinging through the jungle with the monkeys Oh my gosh I remember seeing that I haven't watched that movie probably since theaters and that's a sign and that w- and that movie was released 2008 and we are now in 2023 so that is almost nearly like 10 years maybe 12 13 12 to 13 years ago uh, uh, 14 15 actually oh my god that's really showing my age y'all <laughs> um tyler what about you see a single one of theaters tyler what about you um i'm gonna remain more optimistic because uh, for the longest time after watching Indiana Jones as a kid, I wanted to be an archaeologist or something history related. And I still I love history so much, but uh, I'm just really easy to please. I'm usually the guy that's against the critics and I am more optimistic on movies. So I'm still excited to see it. I have hopes for it still. I'm easier to please. All right. So here's the thing. I really enjoyed James Mangold and his films. So here's the thing. Born Ferrari great movie thumbs up love it always recommend it logan thumbs up always recommend it you mm-hmm. know night and day remember that uh tom cruise movie yep cameron diaz i feel like nobody watched you know <laughs> all right move on walk the line with uh joaquin phoenix and reese witherspoon great movie love that recommend that Kate and Leopold. I have a spot, soft spot for that film. I don't mind that Hugh Jackman movie. It's a cute, cheesy little romance movie. Fine. And Girl Interrupted. That's a movie uh, I grew up watching. You know, that's a that's a coming of age film. But knowing that he went from like all this stuff to going to directing Indiana Jones and this new one with Freebie, whatever, Phoebe Bridge. I want to call her Phoebe Bridgers. I, I even though that's not her name. That's a Phoebe singer, Waller, but Phoebe Waller Bridge. Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge, yes. Um uh I I just am like, 
I was very confused about why she was hired. I was like, why? Like, she just didn't seem the kind of writer for me to be, like, attached to this film. And then I saw her work for the last James Bond movie, and I was not impressed. <laughs> I was so What do you mean? Angry. That's the best James Bond movie. I, I mean, didn't, even <laughs> see, didn't even see that one. And to be good. fair, the last two James Bond movies were not great. They were wait, very... Wait, what are you talking about? You, don't, you didn't like Spectre? No. Uh, I, well, I liked Spectre. I liked the 2012 one. Skyfall. Skyfall. That was the last great one. Spectre was... Okay. How dare you? Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Even though Dave Bautista is in it, that was probably the really most memorable action scene besides the opening. Everything else in it was mid. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. And then the last film, the last James Bond movie was a disappointment. And knowing that uh, she wrote this one, I have zero hopes. Do you know what I want to do when this James Bond movie comes out? What? Not James Bond. Uh, Indiana Jones. But Jan Jones. <laughs> oh my gosh, you gotta stop writing. All right. So, what I'm gonna do is, um, my wonderful fiance. Hello, Dylan, if you're listening. I'm gonna force him to sit down as we finish up Lego Batman, the really early version of Lego Batman, and then as we finish that, I'm gonna say, let's play the Indiana Jones. Jones game, like yeah. <laughs> I'll say I'll watch that over watching this. I was like, so excited, and I saw the trailer, and then uh, I was just like, all right, this is not gonna go the way I wanted it to be. So uh, I'll just wait for uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm not surprised how that critic score is rating is gonna be. So that's where I stand. <laughs> uh, Kristen, what's your next piece of news? All right, let's start with the easy piece of news. All right, so we've been talking, I think we talked about this once already, about uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, uh, Jury Number 2 movie that's yeah. set to be his last movie. Oh, well, man. Yeah. All right, so we got Nicholas Holt, Tony Collette, and Zoe Deutsch joining. But now, the one and only, the star of 24 and the latest Paramount Plus series, Rabbit Hole, Keith Sutherland has okay. joined... Lynn Eastwood's next movie. So Please. right now, uh, Holt is set as the main character, but I, from the article though, I do not see what the character will be, because all I also I also see from the article coming from the Hollywood Reporter is that the film is set to shoot this summer. So, uh, yeah, uh, I am very surprised that Keith Sutherland has joined this cast. I was expecting somebody like. I don't know, like a Nicolas Cage to be joining this because after we just saw them work together in Renfield, I wouldn't be surprised if they worked together again. But guys, what do you think about Keith or Sutherland and him joining Clint Eastwood's last film? I am definitely interested to see how this how, how, how this one turns out. I haven't seen the entirety of Clint Eastwood. Please, sorry, <laughs> I haven't seen the entirety of Clint Eastwood's entire entire catalog catalog of films actor and director included but i've definitely seen enough of it to know that that the man has definitely crafted crafted out crafted out a legacy that the many the many have only have only inspired inspired a dream of and it's i it, i definitely would say that him being in his 90s right now it definitely would would have been an honor in, in, in order in order to in order to work with, in order to work with him especially if it, if it was his his last his last hurrah you know mm -hmm. um it's <laughs> it honestly feels sort of surreal honest 
honestly looking looking back looking back at it how how long he's been going on how how, how much he's how much he's inspired and impacted so many so many other actors actors and directors along the way you know it's 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 i i, I don't know if i i don't know if i already called the last the last movie they're therapeutic therapeutic in a sense since mm-hmm. this is going to be his last rodeo whatnot but i can definitely tell it's going to be and i will say uh clint eastwood is no subject to controversy given you know his he's very conservative but i'm surprised a lot of actors are going to put their thoughts aside about how he is as a person and wanting to work with him for one last chance um so tyler let me hear your thoughts um i think we talked a little bit about it on the Mario episode because they mm-hmm. had just announced it. Um, but adding Kiefer Sutherland is interesting. I'm not familiar with a whole bunch of his work. He's kind of that actor that I would see on the stuff my parents were watching. Yes! Never in anything I watched. <laughs> um, yes. But he, he is interesting and I would be interested to see what he adds to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing about Kiefer Sutherland is a movie that you all should probably watch or don't watch. It's called Pompeii. Did you all ever see that movie? It's a disaster. The one with I... John Snow? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. I, yeah. I, I, it I is horrible. People of Pompeii! Only death is freedom for a gladiator. I never saw you look at any man the way you looked at that slave. They catch you up here with me. It would be worth it. Can you feel that? It's horrible, it. but if you want something that tries to act like it's Titanic, it is theatrical <laughs> experience. It's oof. It's like garbage. And um, knowing that Keith Sutherland was in it, I was like, whoa! I'm like, that just solidified <laughs> my point that a lot of the breaking, not like uh, Game of Thrones uh, actors. Pro Harbor tried to be Titanic. That didn't exactly go well either, but that's. Yeah, I mean, there uh, are both series tragedies where both of their loves didn't work out in the ways respected ways pompey just confirmed the fact that a lot of the game of thrones actors cannot act to save their lives in films there's only one person it's literally like there's two people it's literally lena Headey and peter dinklage everyone yeah else, i mean everyone lena else Headey has not really done good. anything because sophie turner was in x-men that sucked john well she was in that quibi series that went to uh roku remember it no. was like <laughs> well she jane joe jonas so they got uh, their money then she did and then um I Kit mean, married Her- to Joe Jonas, sorry. Kit Harrington has done like a lot of stuff that no one's cared about. He did Pompeii. He was in Call of Duty, the worst one, Infinite War. Well, not the worst one. He was in Infinite Warfare. He was in The Eternals, which no one cared about. And he was literally in there for hey, two Hey, hey, hey. I'm going to listen. I love Eternals and I won't take slander. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest. I also think that Eternals is is, is on is honestly. I think I, I think people give give Eternals give Eternals a give Eternals a lot of fun. It lot was of boring. It's not, it's not a you don't want to listen to our episode. It is not a perfect movie under any sense of the word, but at least they actually try to do something different. And and sure, none of the characters are exactly new or fresh because they don't really get it all the time. It's it's it's. <laughs> I can at least applaud them for trying to do something different. Actually, attempting to rough right out a world with new characters and whatnot. Of course, it doesn't exactly work. Off, um, it was boring. Oh my god, Mac! All right, get to your point, Mac. Yeah, no, but um, what were, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, you you bashing uh, Kit Harrington? Oh yeah, no, it's just like a lot of those actors. They they just and then like my what's her name? Maisie Williams? Is that how you pronounce her name? Macy Williams. Macy Williams. Yeah, she hasn't really been in a lot of stuff. That I'm like, oh man. 
like I remember she was in the New Mutants. I'm like, oh yeah, you're the girl from Game of Thrones. Well, to be fair, shout out to her podcast. She also hosts a film podcast with two of her friends. She has a well, podcast as well. God damn. Well, well should, everybody has a podcast nowadays. That's yeah. how it goes. They should come on here. We could talk about how great their acting ability is. And I mean that in a sincere way. It's not a sincere <laughs> way. I, I may have a sarcastic tone, but I'm actually dead serious. I'm you don't see me right now, but I'm covering my mouth, my hand with my mouth. And I'm just like, oh, I okay, love her. Macy, come on. I'll be, like, be like, I loved you in Hot Ones. That was classic. <laughs> Anything with Hot Ones and Chicken Wings, it's always a must watch. So, <laughs> But yeah, no. Um, uh, get on to your next story, Mac. But to wrap it up, I'm excited to see Chris Eastwood's uh, last movie. This is his last hurrah. I'll be down. I yes. think anything besides Cry Macho. If The Mule was his last movie, I would have been perfectly fine with that. Because that seemed like, there. well, you guys remember the theory, like people were posting online, it's like, when he was like in the trailer, like, I'm sorry for everything. It was like an apology to his daughter for choosing work over her all these years because his daughter was in that movie too. Playing yeah, exactly mm-hmm. That honestly did feel somewhat like a farewell. Yeah, so I, I kind of did, but I think he wanted something that he could give his last acting performance and then give something a last directing performance. That's what I think. He could have he could have done Richard Jewell as the last directorial, and then um, Cry Macho was his last acting. Well, as a given the fact he's really conservative in certain views, I wouldn't be surprised if Richard Jewell would have been his last film, <laughs> or or also The Mule. I did like the mule. Yeah. I know a lot of people hate it. But um I mean Bradley Cooper, anything I watch it, Bradley Cooper didn't. But uh my but anyways, piece, my piece of news is that guys, we are like two months away from Independence Day and remember in 2016, where it was the year sequels where we got the critically acclaimed Independence Day resurgence. Fuck no baby. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> did anyone want to see that in a movie? Uh, I only recently watched it. I never saw it in theaters because I had never seen the first Independence Day. But what did you think? Um, it's a movie. <laughs> it was made. It was directed. It was a movie with lots of good actors that maybe weren't the best that they've done. It's got handsome actors. Let's make that fair. Yeah. Ding dong. Welcome to Earth. A-Train was in it, so you know. Holy shit, he was? Yeah, yeah. He, he was in it. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so apparently, um, there was original plans with Will Smith's uh, character in the movie because a lot of people criticized that they couldn't get Will Smith back for uh, the second one, even though I think he said no or he was busy with Suicide Squad and Focus. I literally just saw a post on Instagram that actually explained that. Yeah, so this is the quote. Um, um, this is a producer, Dean Delvin. He's a writer pr- producer for Independence Day too. He said, before we wrote one word, we met with Will Smith and said, this is the idea we have. He loved it and was super excited to do it. We wrote not just one, but two sequels with him in mind. And we handed him them into the studio. They went crazy and greenlit immediately. They told us, this is the f- best first draft we've ever read of any script. It was a bit of like Rocky III. He'd gotten rich and he'd gotten famous and he had to get the Eye of the Tiger back, you know? He's a little too comfortable and it's his chance to bring the old Will Smith out of retirement. So that, that would have been his original character um, in the second one. Um, I but... love the fact they mentioned Rocky III yeah, in this quote. What is happening? Best I've, first draft ever. I've heard this Rocky Three with this. I heard it about the CM Punk situation at AEW. Like, what's going on with Rocky Three? Jesus Christ! But um, with Independence Day resurgence, uh, you guys will probably well if you didn't see the movie. Spoiler alert: uh, Will Smith's character is confirmed to be dead. So they said, "Yeah, you dropped out of this movie. We're gonna kill you off screen." Welcome to Earth. 
Rip. And the Remember way they, your legacy, let's just and the reason, end your career. And the way they killed him off was like, oh, he was test piloting the alien weaponry, so he he, he died, or like the um, he died from testing the uh the um the ship. Anyway, but what do you guys? Would you have? Do you think the second Independence Day uh movie would have been better if Wilson came back or no? Um, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I there's there really is only so 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 much an act an actor star power or charisma can can give can mm-hmm. give to an, into an entire film production. I honestly I honestly feel as if even if they managed to give Smith back mm-hmm. for for the movie, I'm not I'm not sure if it would have would have really done any better. Um, I'm kind of in the same mindset. I doubt he would have done much to help it out. Yeah, I don't. Because it just shows how recent Will Smith's even, like, acting career has been. He's not been in the greatest films. I mean... What do you mean Bright was, like, an Oscar-winning film? Oh, oh I'm sorry! <laughs> I forgot about the Academy Award-nominated <laughs> film, M. Night Shyamalan film, After Earth. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you asking me or telling me? May I go to my room, sir? Deny! Sit down! Oh, uh, same year as Oblivion came out, which was like two kind of two similar movies, if you think about it. Oh. Huh. <laughs> you wouldn't have helped out then with it, let's be honest. I just think that movie was just doomed. It shouldn't... Well, if anything, you... Sorry, if anything it should have came out probably when the hype of the first film was out, like in at least in that fi- first five years. But mm. then it was so late when uh this the newer one came out but yeah it was weird 2016 we had like a ton of scenes we had me my big fat greek wedding 2 zoolander 2 neighbors uh, 2 neighbors 2 i'm like what 2016 was such a weird year for movies we had sequels it was video game movies and it was like a lot of indie films too i think that's when um uh oh my god who directed the witch with the onion taylor joy right Roger Robert Eggers. Yeah, that's 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 the year he released that one. It was a lot of experimental because The Witch came out, Lights Out came out, Don't Breathe came out. Um, I think Forty Seven Meters Down. No, um, the The Shallows came out. It was a it was weird, and then we had the Blair Witch sequel. We but... also had La La Land. Moonlight. Don't forget my <laughs> sure. favorite movie. Okay. We're not gonna mention that debacle here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Darius, I'll know that for next time. All right. <laughs> You got anything else, Kristen? Yes, I got my last final piece of news. And okay. this is just breaking, breaking, breaking news. Um, because I am so just fascinated what is going on with the situation. The idol, the big, big Sam Levinson show that's supposed to star Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd has received a five-minute standing ovation after the Cannes premiere. Sam Levinson gets emotional in speech as the deadline headline article reads. And um, the premiere of the film just happened now. They premiered the first two episodes of the series that's set to debut, um, I believe it's like the first week in June, so it's very, very soon. Mm -hmm. And... I'm sure, I'm hoping you all read our Lisa. I should encourage you all to go read the controversial uh, article that Rolling Stone released about how toxic the work environment is and how toxic uh, Sam Levinson has been as a person. Uh, I am just more invested in this as the controversy and reading some of the headlines and some of the 
recent reviews, I guess, that are just popping up, people just giving their quick thoughts on Twitter, who are at least able to see the show in advance. Um, it's very uh, not your not parental guidance viewing. Uh, it's your papa's TV show. Nope. And I am just very, very nervous to watch the show in general. I've heard a lot of stories go on about this show. And I am just... It's no surprise that, you know, when Cans receives big, you know, projects or something, they get huge standing ovations. It's no surprise. But knowing that this got like a five minute standing ovation, given what has happened, mm. it kind of scares me. Like knowing we're applauding the work of a toxic work environment and then also shining a light on a person who is not believed to be the nicest person. Well, so, when- um, with that, you got to realize that, well, you finish your thing, I'll say it. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You got to realize whenever we see, in the, whenever there's a film festival and you always see the headline, oh my God, X film relieve, received a X um, amount of time of an ovation. I don't think I'd go off that entirely saying it's good. I would probably say um, it's more like, oh, it'll be rude not to clap. So they just kind of clap out of pity because we don't yeah. know, like this could be from, i I saw like the weekend said like apparently he lost his voice trying to be in the show. I'm like, oh, okay, Abel, relax. But um, uh, I like I don't know if that'll be the case because when it what is what service is this gonna be on? This is gonna be on uh, HBO Max uh, starting tomorrow. No, it's, it's Max. Be Max. Max. Yeah. Max. Why my thing. Why did they give it that stupid ass name? My thing is like. It, uh, the reason why people will probably watch this is mostly because of the weekend, just because he's like, and the fact that it's Johnny Depp's uh, daughter, but more of the weekend though. Uh, I just think it was going to be more of a watchworthy show because of the fact that it's Sam Levinson and he's the creator of Euphoria. And everybody watched Euphoria. I, oh, I don't, Mac, no. I don't know if you watched Euphoria. I no. watched Euphoria. <laughs> I you, Tyler, I don't know if you two watched it. Did you both watch it? I'm going to this is and uh the show is pretty much the same thing as I thought of the first season. Nothing really adapted or changed. It always brought something like, you know, exciting and new each week where I was just like, Oh, what's gonna happen? What what kind of dramatized soap opera is it gonna be this week? And you know I, I called Euphoria a drug version of thirteen reasons why. I mean, that's not a bad comparison. Oh, no, it's a terrible comparison. I hate 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> but to be accurate, no, to uh, be accurate to better. that. Oh, okay. Okay, I was going to say. Least... I think technically speaking, for film cinematic reasons, uh, Euphoria is good. But if we're going to talk like story-wise, the first season of 13 Reasons Why is much better. <laughs> By a slim margin. <laughs> But I, I bet you the show's gonna come out and was like, man, did you get this broke ass euphoria off our screens? I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna just cringe if somehow they turn this into like a second season. Like, imagine <laughs> we're gonna be here talking about this, like you know, two to three years from now, where we're like, oh, remember when it premiered at Cannes and it got us a five minute standing ovation, and now we're in season two. Uh, guys, are you gonna watch uh, the Idol? No. I don't, I don't think I have any intention on watching anything Sam Levinson puts out. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, put, I mean, I mean, putting aside, I mean, putting aside the fact that he is another in the law in the long line of people in and people in Hollywood who are who are who are abusive, 
or or just or just general assholes. Woody Allen, mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein, Johnny Depp. Yes, I said it. It's yes. this, this yeah. is it's honestly amazing. It's honestly amazing how 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 long how long the the movie industry has been going going on going on for, and how and how long and how how long they've been sort of indirectly and directly encur- encouraging people like this to sort of thrive thrive in the business and, and sort of get far i i didn't even, i didn't even get i didn't even get that far on on the news on sam on, on sam levison until until i saw a post when i when i when i, when I saw the book when i saw that when i saw that um bob did this but i saw that bobby freya one of one of the stars of season one on euphoria she was also in she was also in the film on Un- pregnant with Haley lou richardson she was pretty she was very good in that one i didn't oh yes yeah until, um, until i saw the um, bobby ferreira yes Barbie yeah, I, said that. I didn't i didn't realize any of the the depths on the on on the situation on the situation until until i until i until i saw her saw, saw her statement and and, ba- and basically what she what she said in the post to the point where I don't think I don't think she was in season two in any capacity at all. And I'm and I'm saying this as and I'm saying this as someone who had thoughts on seeing Euphoria, but after but after seeing but after seeing the the end the seeing the end results and in the in the back in the backstage treatment and what's going on, it sort of turned off my interest from ever wanting to touch the show with a thirty nine and a half foot pole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, don't forget, we also can't forget he is the son of Barry Levinson. So uh another huge director. So he comes from that uh that great this old word that we've been passing around this year, and that is the word Nepo baby. So uh oh one last thing. Did you guys watch Malcolm and Marie? Because I know him and Zendaya are very close. I know, you know, she Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I actually did watch. I, I I did watch Malcolm and Marie. I back back then when I first watched that, I thought it was pretty good. But then again, this was before I knew about <laughs> this. This was this was before I I even I even knew I even knew about the thing. I remember giving the film like three and a half out of five stars. I don't exactly remember. I don't exactly remember. Yeah. What I what I, what I put down or what I, what I put down in my review. I mentioned. Uh, I mentioned something along the lines of in a, in a film that's set entirely about authenticity. There isn't really a whole lot of it here. The one thing I just remember about Malcolm and Marie is the macaroni and cheese. But Tyler, last thoughts before we wrap up. Um, I mean, I haven't really seen anything this man has been attached to. <laughs> Would you be interested or no? You're just going to avoid it entirely. Um... Probably just avoid it. I have a lot of other things I would want to try to watch to get off my list. Fair enough. Uh, Anything else? No, not really. I don't. This guy just kind of seems like a tool. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he sounds like <laughs> very much a tool. But guys, uh, well, wait, that... wait. I have one more story. <gasps> no, Is this breaking story. news? Oh, no. Sort of breaking news. So, guys, guess what I watched on Friday? What did you watch? White Man Can't Jump with Jack Harlow. That was the last thing I was expecting you to watch. That, that movie, ah. it was, you want to talk about peak cinema? This will make Scorsese cry. I mean, it's, so I want to give you guys articles. So the, um, this new, the remake for White Man Can't Jump has, um, uh, it's directed by um, Kyle, Mad- Kyle Maddox. And you may know that name because he did the newest House Party remake, which was also I noticed that. Yeah, it stars Jack Harlow, Sinqua Walls with Tiana Taylor, Laura Harrier, and Late Lance Riddick. So currently, this one is sitting at a what is the audience score? I can't see it. Okay, so 
the critic score is not good. It is sitting at a critic score of 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, while the original movie had a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. And from what I'm seeing on TikTok, Instagram, is that no one is messing with this movie. They said this movie sucks. How is, I, the, the main thing I want to know is, how is Jack Harlow as- He was there. <laughs> he was just there. He was just because, like, Because like know. I said, I think we talked about it last time, is that he's going to be working with Ben Affleck and um, Matt Damon in a new project, so. He's funny as small doses, but to have him carry a like, film as a co-lead, he's not ready yet. He's yeah, just kind the of- way I see him as, he'll be a co- like a supporting actor in this project. I, I don't know, but the way I see, I just picture him and he is, but I'm surprised he got a leading character because it was only a year ago we found out that he was going to play the lead in this film. Yeah, it came out with such little fanfare. Like, no one really... Everyone heard about it when they first cast him, and then silence. And then, like, hey, it's coming out in May. Everyone's like, hey, what? And they came out, and then, you know, it was uh, quite shy. <laughs> I uh... will not... I probably won't be watching it. Also, shout out to, I also shout out to Hulu for the impeccable UI. I love when um, I have my subtitles on, and it just cuts directly to the next line of dialogue for subtitles and i love the constant freezing hulu your ui is perfect i love it well don't forget they're going to be merging thank god all right but that's that's my news with disney plus (laughs) okay well other than max shout out to white man can jump but uh what was what was that a shout out or just a i just wanted to say that movie sucked (laughs) okay so his opinion which we love here but that was it guys i hope you enjoyed the news please give us a uh heads up if you want us to talk about any particular news stories send it on over to our email at mkproductions at gmail.com or send it on over to our instagram page which will be linked down below in our description or wherever you're listening to this podcast for now let's head on over to the mcu and get lost in guardians of the galaxy volume three hi this is editing mac here coming to you from in the future so just to let you know before i get to the transition for guardians galaxy 3 we spoiled the ever-living hell out of this movie so if you want to avoid spoilers you can skip straight to the question uh i don't know the timestamp, but it'll be on the screen but you can skip right to the uh spoilers i'm gonna probably say skip to about an hour and 22 minutes to get rid of the spoilers, go straight to the uh, ending of the podcast because uh, we're gonna spoil Guardians of the Galaxy. So you have been warned. Spoilers. Woo-hoo. We'll all fly away together. One last time. Into the forever and beautiful sky. Kill no people. Kill one guy, one stupid guy who no one loves. Now you're just making it sad. All right, so the topic. We are talking about the 32nd film in the MCU, Good God. And it's the third Mm -hmm. and final film of this trilogy. And that would be Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, directed and written by James Gunn. And has the all, the cast back. It's got the ensemble cast we've known, we've love since the first one with some new additions to the second movie Christmas special and then the team up movies but they're all here 
And in the film, the Guardians embark on a mission to protect Rocket from the High Evolutionary, a new villain that is making headwaves in the culture cinematic universe. But guys, before we get into the talk, let's let's talk about quick history. So um, Guardians Galaxy 2014 came out, made a billion dollars. No one expected it to be that good, but everyone fell in love with the characters. Uh, James Gunn is known for being the superhero movie whisperer. You give him something, let him cook, as the kids would say. He'll make good content. So you did Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a big hit. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I've softened on it a few years, uh, for a couple of years now. I thought it was fine. It was, a, was it better than the first one? No. But it's fine in its own little niche because it introduced us to the baby crew and really expanded the... It really expanded, like, brought out more what we like from the Guardians, like, the heart of these movies, because this is, like, this is like the true definition of family, which is funny because Vin Diesel's in this movie, but we're not talking about Fast and Furious, we're talking about family and Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got two family movies out Yeah, so yeah. they were on, after 2014, uh, 2017, James Gunn said, I got an idea for the third movie, but however, in 2018, he got fired from Disney for some controversial tweets he posted back in the day on the old Twitter, which is the uh, old subtext of be careful what you post because they need to be used to fire you in a court of law. But after James Gunn was fired, it was rumored that Disney was going to replace him as director and use the same script. But a lot of the actors, including Batista, yeah, including Batista said, we're not coming back. We're not going to do it if he's not doing it. And then as soon as James Gunn got hired to do the 2021 Suicide Squad by DC, Marvel's like, so yeah, James, I know we fired you, but um, listen, we, we, we really don't know if anyone's going to want to work on this movie, but so, if you're not in it, so do you want to come back and uh, do and this? this? Yeah, so he's like, all right, bet. But plot twist, beginning of the year of 2023, James Gunn became the new head of the DCU, and he, after making Suicide Squad, which was critically acclaimed, he would go on to make Peacemaker, which of course was critically acclaimed so this is the first time we, we this is the first and only time we're gonna have the head of dc <laughs> release a marvel directed movie in theaters like ever that's this is breaking new ground but it's the last one this is a goodbye to these characters that we know we may see some of them again but that we don't know if they're gonna be in the same style as james gonna want it but i'm gonna start with uh tyler tyler what did you think of guardians of the galaxy volume three and what is your love? Do you have a love for this series as a whole? It broke me in so many ways I wasn't ready for. Yes! And it didn't even have... Are we doing spoilers? Uh, uh, no. No? Okay. Actually, actually, yes. Let's spoil it. I'm going to put a disclaimer, yeah. We're going to spoil it. We can spoil All right. Well, spoiling warning for, any, for anybody listening to this right now. You have a couple seconds <laughs> before we get out of control. We get... Yes. Skip to this. We get a three, two, one. Five seconds. Blue me. Without managing to kill anybody, it still blew my mind how you could end all of these stories so well. And now that I've seen it, I'm like, I'm honestly happy nobody died because he gave them such perfect endings. Mm -hmm. It's nice that he didn't kill off the characters and realizing that their legacy can still continue on and still have like each character do good acts you know you know given what uh nebula does with drax you know they team up and there's a lot of great stuff that happens that makes i think everybody happy in the who's a guardians fan because i would have broke if we saw little baby rocket or rocket in general just pass away because we all saw that in the trailer where peter quill was freaking out over rocket's body 
And we were like, oh, is Rock going to die? Because my fiance and I, were we were walking into this movie. We're like, all right, who's going to die? <laughs> we Everybody knew it was going to be Drax. Since Drax was, then Steve Bautista was like, all right, this is my last mm-hmm. one. Like, he made it clear. Like, it, this was going to be his last one. But uh, we were, everybody was expecting, you know, Drax to be, you know, the first character to maybe pass. But uh, knowing that nobody died, it was really a sweet honor to know that they're like i said the legacy is going to continue on but before i continue with my thoughts uh tyler do you want to have anything else to add before we move on to uh, darius i also just want to say how like when it comes to like a final movie like this with the guardian so it's the final one for that team mm-hmm. and they are all still alive so they're still out there but like like what we were saying dave batista is moving on it's weird to know that for the rest of these movies drax is out there and now we're never going to get to know what he's up to Unless they just like say, "Hey, this is what Drax is doing." That's the kind of weird thing about not killing. Maybe they have a text. They have a group chat. Because well, <laughs> even the fact that you know Rocket has an iPod, and then somehow they can get, you know, Verizon Wireless out in the uh, in the outer <laughs> space realm, and they're like texting each other. I wouldn't be surprised. Like Batista says, he's done, but he he has said that he's very grateful for the role. I think that I don't think he's done, done because. He stated on multiple uh, periods that he's grateful for the role of Jackson that helped him launch him into Hollywood. Before that, no one, like, everyone just kind of still saw him as, like, the world heavyweight champion Batista. But I feel like if there's a way for, to bring him back, he'll probably say yes, but I think he does want to move on. There's rumors that says he might want to go to D.C., which a lot of people, a lot of actors from um, the new... Uh, Guardians movie are rumored to be in Superman movie, so we might see a mass exodus if that's the case. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, if they want to go over to DC, why the heck not? I mean, we just talked about it last time that Frank Grillo was the first actor to do that. Do Chris- people, people have been fan casting Dave Batista as Bane for years now? It yes. could work, especially if they want to do the. And then um, Chris Pratt said he wouldn't be mind going over to DC with James Gunn. Uh huh. He said that. I've heard that. Yes. All right, but Darius, anything else you want to add before we have to we get into Max's side? I am I am going to be hundred percent. I'm going to be hundred percent honest. From from my experience, from phase four all all the way all the way up to now, it's honestly been somewhat of a downward spiral. You honestly have to tap dance over an ocean of broken glass to find anything worthwhile in phase four, with some noticeable exceptions. Loki, Eternals, No Way Home, Moon Knight, hell, even Miss Marvel for that matter. Those are like the only like what five exceptions to the rule. Everything else has either been immensely disappointing or just or just complete and total shit. Black Widow, Thor Love and Thunder, hell, even the recent Quantum Mania. By the time we got to Quantum Mania, my pity will had officially bottomed out. So by the time Guardians of the Galaxy three three came three came around, I was content on letting it be known that Guardians of the Galaxy three would probably be my last MCU movie, if at least for a little while. But even though I was excited for for this one, I was also immensely worried because I because given the track record Marvel had recently, I was so freaking worried freaking worried that this wasn't going to live live, live up to live up to the previous two Guardian movies because I love the previous two Guardian movies. It may they may not be yeah. perfect under circumstances, but it's but but it's but, but, but they are. But they are ostensibly the only the some of the some of the few few movies in the entire Marvel collection that on that that honestly that honestly extend and branched out and actually carry the humor of the franchise well while being its own while being its own self-contained being own its own self-contained thing and actually feeling like like a genuine continuous escalating story. Mm-hmm. I just gotta say, I thank the Lord above 
that this is an MCU movie that I can legitimately say I was charmed and entertained by almost almost the entire way through. And 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 looking back and 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 looking back at the Guardians series now, I I sort of I sort of real I sort of realized something in a way. If the first Guardians movie overall was about learn was was about learning to love, and the second Guardians movie was about learning how to accept love from others, then I'd say maybe Guardians three sort of sort of boils down down to how how you take the love that you receive from others in 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 order to in order to better learn how to heal and I guess love yourself. Because to me, Guardians is a series centered around people who they want to move away from their traumas while poorly projecting how over it they really are. No one really reacts well to being vulnerable. And yet the bond they share helps them grow closer together. And I think Mm-hmm. This movie in particular nails the sentiment home and what makes the Guardians in particular so special. Imperfection is perfect enough for some people. It's a celebration of the awkward, the, the shy, the scared, the broken, the antagonistic, and, and, and the cocky for some reason. It's a natural, it's a nat- natural and silly, but an earnest look, I believe, at Outcast and the caring communities that they form. Knowing that uh, Marvel has released 32 films. You know, Ant-Man has a trilogy. Captain America basically has a trilogy. Iron Man has a trilogy. If you want a one that's pretty concise and always to excite people with its story, its characters, its character development, and everything going on, I think the perfect series is Guardians, in my opinion. Seriously, looking at seriously looking at this, looking at this movie compared to quantum mania like a few months apart it's literally looking at night and day you you look at these back and back to back and you're wondering what the you're wondering what the hell happened here i mean i to be fair um you know we had Dar- uh not Darius, uh darren uh darren's movie reviews on to discuss you know quantum mania and we both uh both darren and i re- enjoyed it uh mac you were like eh about it from what i recall right yep. and you know i knew it wasn't going to be like you know I knew it was going to be like, you know, as cinematic as like what Guardians was because Guardians, I believe, took audiences on a true cinematic journey that explores what the MCU is and what basically the heart of MCU has been since the series had begun in 2014, you know, mm-hmm. Mac, when I'm, gonna, I'm curious, very, very curious to hear your thoughts. So, yeah, I ain't going to sugarcoat it. Literally since Endgame, it was kind of miss after miss. Black Widow was too late. Shang-Chi was fine, but it didn't really meet expectations for money-wise. You know, Eternals was Eternals. Uh, no Way Home is not even a Marvel movie. That's a Sony movie, but it just has their emo in it. So that's kind of disturbing. Um, Thor Love and Thunder was disappointing. Doctor Strange 2 was disappointing. Uh, they were oversaturating with the TV shows that like everyone was like saying they started off well, but ended up really bad. And then, um, you know, this year with phase five after phase four ended with Wakanda Forever, which was okay, but it really wasn't like anything to write home about. The Dixney different dictionary uh, definition of mid. Um, we were like phase five, it's your make or break Marvel. You have to have this be perfect otherwise people will stop watching Marvel movies and we thought Ant-Man and Wasp with the introduction of Kang and Jonathan Majors who at the time were like oh yeah this is gonna be great the movie turned out to be very very underwhelming Kang was cool but you know he wasn't about it. used to his fullest potential 
And when I saw the trailer for Guardians, I was like, okay, this is legitimately like the make or break. Because I'm like, there's no way a Guardians movie can be like terrible. Like even like number two, which I don't think is like perfect. I still think it's entertaining and somewhat enjoyable. Like it has to be. And the fact that I was like, okay, so this is James Gunn's last movie. He's obviously have to put his effort. He's going to put effort into this to make a goodbye and he did because i i came out this is the first time i ever felt happy walking out of a marvel movie and not pissed off in probably yeah. two two years like um guardians of the galaxy volume three is definitely like it feels like a return to form of marvel of just actually uh, having us re- just sit and be with these characters that we enjoy you're not introducing these new characters who are shoved in and gonna become the new uh, main characters? <coughs> Ant Man, <coughs> Wakanda Forever, <coughs> Doctor Strange, <coughs> Love and Thunder, um, but uh, <coughs> Eternals. Um, but Volume Three is just we've been with this team for nine years. It's just seeing that right. these this feels like the only like s- trilogy or like set of movies in the entire MCU. We feel like we have we can have a conclusive happy ending. There is no deaths. There's no breakups or anything. They are all together. Well, you know, with Gamora, but that, you know, that's, that's weird. They right? all kind of got to say their quote Goodbye. goodbyes they to yeah. each other got to say in their unique goodbyes ways. Get to it. Yeah. Because and we all got to grow and love them for the exactly. last seven years. And, and there's it, people who watch them on repeats and they play the film all the time on TV. And there's so many people who love them. I'm sorry, Mac. Sorry, I wanted to add on that. It, and it's better too because let's face it, this movie, if they went ahead and found a new director to replace James Gunn, there's no way people would be praising this. Because I feel like only James Gunn could have done Guardians the way that he wanted to to tell this story. And because, I think it wouldn't have it the same heart. Yeah, definitely. We we all know what happened when these characters got in the hands of another writer and how um uncharacteristically one of them acted mm-hmm. but um it was just the fact you have the same crew who've worked uh, together for all three of these movies makes it so much more consistent and much more heart to it because you know it's like it's emotional and it's just it's really good and then it was just everything about this movie i enjoyed it very very much and i like i said in my review it's just better to have the heart to it and then you have the same cast same crew for the last nine years working on these movies that they you know that they probably had this plan james gunn had his distinct envision and i think before he got fired he probably laid out everything and then disney was like all right you did all this this stuff going on we're gonna let you go but we'll take all your ideas but then you know luckily enough they had a great team to you know say no james is our leader you know we need him to lead this i'm very happy he came back because i don't think guardians would be the same no without James Gunn, because he is also a character to this film. Yes, he is. He is the voice, and he get, he he gives so he gave so much to this project. I have even the Russo brothers, I have to say. Like I know the Russo brothers have done so many projects, but there is nothing, nothing where it has like the charm and heart and soul and charisma and fun and dares to be different mm-hmm. and celebrate you know so many differences that people have than the guardians you know because everybody is so different in that film and you everybody has grown to love them in so many unique ways and the tragedies that they all face together and how they all grew together it's just it's it's so the way he did it i, I just can't even say how anymore how perfect this film was now i really want to ask you guys in your opinion, uh, 
who was the true MVP in this final film? Rocket. Rocket. It it, def- it definitely would be very easy to declare declare Rocket as the MVP because because the more I watched the Guardians movies, the more I realized how Rocket was more or less like the secret protagonist of well yeah I would say the secret protagonist the secret protagonist of, of of all the Guardians movies in a way sure we have a, sure we have other characters and all their stories sort of congealing together sort of congealing together pretty well but I think Rocket but I think Rocket is more or less like rocket in a way is more it's more or less like like the battered heart of the battered heart of the team even even in, even in films like if even in films like infinity like films like infinity war and 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 game the rules managed to do a good enough job in order to in in, in order to showcase showcase across how much rocket how much, how much rocket has changed for the better and how how much he's dedicated and and, and willing to do the right cause i mean i mean i mean the poor raccoon got put through hell and yet at, and yet at the end of the day he's he still chooses to yeah have his family yeah. but basically you're saying you're saying have his family and have you know true people stand by his side you know because this was what from what uh james gunn was saying and what uh bradley cooper has been saying when he was doing his press junk it's it's mostly rocket's story mm. you know peter got to do his side uh, you know, Groot is just you know the little little guy or big guy, whoever walks around, depending on what form he's in, he's just Rocket sidekick. But with the way that this is, it's just going off to what Darius you're saying. I feel like it's always kind of been Rocket's story I mean, and just they, that's the leading why, that. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the reason why he was probably the only Guardian not affected by the snap. If you think about it. Yeah, because in the end, uh, we're gonna spoil it right now. I'm gonna do a spoiler right now. Three, two, one. Peter Quill just basically passes the torch and makes Rocket the true leader in this new Guardians because we have um, a new set of characters who are like the new Guardians of the Galaxy. One of them being Adam Warlock, portrayed by Will Poulter, who was also a huge fan casting, uh, exciting announcement. So, uh, Tyler, I want to hear your thoughts on. Your thoughts with Will Poulter and the uh, his decision to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how did you enjoy him? Well, before that, what did you think about the movie in whole? Before we get to the specific, oh, he thing? he kind of discussed that. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I was I. Whoops. Yeah, Will Poulter. What you think? I I really enjoyed his character. I really liked Adam Warlock from what little comics I've read him in because I don't delve too much into cosmic Marvel comics, mm-hmm. but. I thought he was really cool and to portray him as like this kind of bumbling idiot like a child was mm-hmm. I thought it was a good choice because like he was technically born not too long ago and he was taken yeah, out he was just, it goes with the joke oh he was just born yesterday and back right. <laughs> and they mentioned specifically that he was taken out of incubation early so he's like not fully formed he's not ready to be the ultimate weapon perfect specimen yet and I think it's just a funny little gag and I hope to see him grow since technically he'll get to be lumped in with these younger characters. Yeah, I think he's going to be, from what I see, definitely like the Drax side to things, you know, because <laughs> Drax was learning like all of his like, you know, being sar- learning to be sarcastic. And I feel like that's how we're going to see Adam Warlock in a way. And, you know, at least he gives himself something worthy to fight for in going forward because, you know, in the film, uh, he loses his mother um, mm-hmm. in the film. I'm also going to point that out. Very 
uh, quickly. And I gotta um, say, that's the quickest way to my heart for a character. Make him a mama's boy. Yes, make him a mama's boy. I'm a big mama's boy. I, I am going to be 100%. I'm going to be 100% honest. I, I sort of had a feeling going into the movie that Adam Morlock wasn't going to get as big of a presence as he as he was sort of being built built up to in a way with James, with James going to leave it and all that. And the, and the High Revolutionary sort of be sort of taking the role as main, main antagonist, considering we had a feeling that we were going to get Rocket's backstory in this movie. It was, it, I, I think it was sort of inevitable. I think it was sort of inevitable at the point that Adam Warlock was sort of going, was sort of going to be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly, I wouldn't exactly say pushed to the side in the way, but he wasn't going to be as prominent, prominent, prominent of a, prominent of a force as a high right. And yet James mm-hmm. still, and yet James still, still went out of, still went out of his way to give, to give, to give him some, to give him some, give him something, something of value to do and something of, importance at, at the end of the day even even the um even, even, and, and that's sort of the, and that's sort of the thing about about james about james gunn that I, about james gunn that i that, that i definitely learned that i definitely learned to appreciate and and, and respect the more i watch the more i watch his movies the more i watch his watch, watch his movies he I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say he pays attention to every sort of detail but yeah but he but he at least but he at least but but he at least does his does his best to, to make sure to make sure to make sure every arc that's introduced at least gets some sort of a res- resonant conclusion i guess or some kind of like story arc and that has at least a you know a palpable or you know passable uh beginning middle and end like what we care at least character straight to the story so uh uh i'm excited to see what his character is going to turn out to be like i said i think he's going to have like the drac side and I think he's a good addition. I think we're going to have some great adventures with Rocket and him and Groot and the pet that he basically inherits. I forgot the pet's <laughs> name. Like, oh, you guys... I, I forgot the name too. Like, I love that little weird looking furball. Like, and then uh, we have the young girl who was running on the treadmill. I don't, I didn't get her name. Does I anybody... got it. Okay. What was her name? Do you remember? Well, they never really technically say it anywhere in the movie. It's kind That's of like confirmed in post credit. Not, not. It's a uh, in a um, behind the scenes stuff where her name is on the her little acting chair. Okay. Um, and so it just says Phyla, and if you read the comics, you realize how big of a deal she's going to be. Interesting. Okay, I'm very excited. Then I'm very excited because this is a young actress they casted, and this is going to probably continue on her legacy. Hmm. Knowing that she could probably carry on a huge Marvel thing, she's gonna be our uh, not Nebula, Gamora. Cool. So I'm also gonna say Nebula, but uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Though I knew it was gonna in my head, we we're just gonna be Gamora. But anyways, <laughs> I also want to say another big thing I've been seeing online is the Rocket's old friends. We have you know Teeth, Floor, and Lila. Oh boy. That's a rough sequence of events to endure. <laughs> I for sure cried multiple times during when we had those interactions. But also to be fair, I cried multiple times in Same. this film. Yep. Like I couldn't even count. My fiance and I were I, I was just needing tissue after <laughs> tissue after tissue after tissue. Tell me, uh, what did you guys think of Rocket's friends? Broke, broke me. Adorable. Adorable, terrifying. Saddening. There Oops. is. <laughs> uh, God. Oh, oh God! I oh God! I knew this was. 
I I had a feeling going into this movie that it was go it was going to be the most heart heartbreaking scene of the movie and and it definitely definitely proved me right. But 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 even but even so but even so again but even so again James put so much personality in, into these into these characters with, with the very limited screen time that they that they they're given and 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 it's like we've got we've we've gotten so you've gotten so accustomed and so pulled pulled in to and pulled into this into this family of this into in, in this family of outcasts and this family of outcasts in the way it's sort of oh god it's an emotional I, to go through for those four characters that we at least when they're together is that what you're mm-hmm. saying very much so yeah I, um i also want to acknowledge uh, the voice actor who for Lila for this film, and it's Linda Carly Carly uh, Velma. Velma. I, but if you guys don't know, she was Linda Carly. Yes, that yep. is right. So now uh, Linda Carly Carly has the honor to play two Marvel characters now, which is kind yeah. of awesome. Small you don't crew, even but there is it. a crew that does that. Yeah, yeah. There's like so, a group that exists in the MCU, two people who played two characters. Yeah. So. Uh, Shout out to her. I thought that was because I didn't realize it was her until once the credits rolled. And I was like, that was Linda? <laughs> that was the girl from Dead to Me? That was Velma? All right. I found out like a day or two before I saw the movie because they were they released that scene on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I remember watching this and the reading and the comments. Knowing that he managed to sneak Linda into the movie, I wish he had gotten more of the Scooby Doo people into it. Freddie Prince Jr. Oh my gosh! Who do you think Freddie Prince Jr. would have played? Keith? Honestly, it would have been perfect for all of them to just voice those characters. Yeah. (laughs) Or like you know, like no Matthew Lillard, I could see as Keith. Yeah, I could definitely see. I could definitely, I could definitely see that. And then then, like um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I could think of her name. Damn it. That's he could be the rabbit. Um, was Floor. Floor. Floor, yeah. And then we have Rocket. So not everybody could have been Freddy Prince Jr. just <laughs> would have been in the back like, hey, I'm some kind of animal that nobody's going to pay attention to. He could one that Mantis rescued. I mean, right, 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 right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but anything else you guys want to share about Guardians? And what do you think the future holds for MCU? And if you're excited for future MCU projects, um, um, I'm, I'm, on one on one hand, on one hand, I am very I am very happy that I got the chance to see this movie. I am very happy that it is very well received, and I am very happy that these characters got 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 the ending they de- got the ending they deserved, and or and or at least going to be remembered fondly by by by. By by movie go by movie goers by movie goers and critics alike for hope hope hopefully hopefully few more years in general mm-hmm. years and generations on the, on the on the other on the other hand on the other hand though on the, on the other hand though even though even though this particular MCU movie, MCU movie felt more felt like felt like an apology in some felt like an apology in some way I it's 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 just just I I don't I don't want to I don't want to say. I don't want to say this is a scenario where it's sort of too little, too late for Marvel because people are going to see their TV shows and and, and movie, movies regardless. But at, but at the but at the same exact time, but at the same exact time, cons- consider considering considering what we got 
at the end of phase three, going into phase four, and, and even now going into phase five, it, it has it has not really been that it has not really been that good good of a time. We've had so many TV shows and so many movies that offer so many plot holes and so many inconsistencies that sort of break the the sort of break apart the break apart the entire the entire universe and it sort of just becomes a logistical nightmare if you really take the time to go go over it and and digest it in a way. So in a, so in, so in a way so in a way of speaking, I'm I'm not I'm not exactly sure what what the what the future is going to be is going to hold. I um I didn't exactly catch any of the new trailers for any of the new any of the new shows and movies coming out, with the exception of the Marvels. But even mm-hmm. but but even but even so, this is a scenario. This is a scenario where unless unless they actually pull something big to get to, to get me to come back, and unless they actually give the writers and their staff and and the, and the rest of the team a lot more a lot more time and respect and the the wherewithal the wherewithal and the will to act to, to actually go go for go for with these these projects and actually make them you know <laughs> it's 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 just it's it's just I can't really see my it's just I can't really see myself come I, I can't really see myself coming back to this series at least anytime soon. I'm I'm totally contempt with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 being my final MCU movie at least until further notice. I completely agree with that. I'll explain more later. But uh, Tyler, let me hear your thoughts. Your final oh, thoughts. To be the complete opposite side of Darius. Um, if Marvel only has one fan, it's me. If Marvel has zero fans, that means I'm dead. You know? Oh, <laughs> yes, that TikTok. Um, I, I will be seated whether at my couch for the show or in the theater for a movie. I will be there for every single one. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really found any Marvel movies or project that I like don't enjoy. I have enjoyed everything so far, mm-hmm. uh, with maybe a couple exceptions, but that's a different story, and it's not about Phase Five or Phase Four. So I don't know. I really enjoyed them, and I'm really looking forward to the future. Secret Invasion seems really interesting to me. I love yeah, that that's comic out really story. Soon. And then I. I'm a big, 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 big Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel fan, and now uh, Spectrum as well, or um, Monica Rambo. So I'm very excited to see the three of them come together for the Marvels. I just think the future has a lot of potential, and especially with um, Nia DaCosta doing the Marvels, I really liked the new Candyman. So I think that that could bring a nice uh, direction to the MCU. Um, and Guardians Three is just pretty top tier marvel like it's mm-hmm. so high up on my list it was a fantastic way to conclude so many ongoing stories uh what james gunn was able to do with these characters even after things that he was out of his control like gamora's death and um anything else that would happen in infinity war in game and thor love and thunder to be able to keep these characters going and give them satisfying endings just shows how fantastic he is and how well he knows his characters. Yeah, Mac. Yeah, you were um, so good. No one asked me a question. I was like, you guys are just. Well, like, I thought you were gonna jump in. Nah, that's rude. <laughs> but no, Guardians of the Galaxy three, really tremendous movie. Definitely the best Marvel movie I've seen in quite a while. And after like a slew of disappointments, 
it's such a breath of fresh air to actually have something good to say about Marvel again. And I think with uh, Guardians Galaxy 3 also proof, which I didn't hear anyone talk about, is that uh, the term superhero fatigue is total bullshit because as long as you make your film intriguing and investing to the general audience, I don't think superhero fatigue will be a thing. So it, mm-hmm. they just proved it that people will still go out to go see it because currently Guardians Galaxy 3 is sitting at uh, $659 million worldwide. It's no doubt that it's going to make a billion. This is going to be the summer movie. Uh, well, I, I would say it's not going to. I don't think it's going to crack a billion. It's. Uh-huh. Kind of, I think. It was, well, it's already <laughs> at the end of the month, and then Little Mermaid coming out soon. So that's going to make me money. We just had Fast and Furious ten. And say what you want about that, it's still making money. So I'm 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 honestly I'm honestly worried about the upcoming across the spider spider burst box office. I am I, right. I will yeah. give give more money to Guardians. To be fair. So if it needs to make a billion, <laughs> and then I'll be that one guy. Remember the guy who saw like Captain Marvel forty something times. I will be that girl that has to pay to see Guardians forty yeah. more times. But then it doesn't help too that we're getting Transformers, Spider Verse, uh, then Indiana Jones, which are probably going to make more money, but not at the close to it. But now Guardians is the crack in a billion. But it was just fun. It's a fun because I. I knew for a fact that we were going to get a good movie after we watched the Christmas special, because that Christmas special was hilarious. Mm. Um, but, you know, I loved it. Linda Cardellini, you know, with the animals, I thought it was fine. I didn't really have a reaction to it. I was just like, oh, you know, that's sad. We talked about that. Where were you? No, I was listening to you guys. I was trying to tell you <laughs> I'm catching up. But mm-hmm. um, I will say I kind of, this movie isn't like perfect. I think Adam Warlock was very, you know, wanted more from him. I like Will Poulter, so it's kind of funny. I kept seeing Werther Millers when he was like the kid. Uh, that was kind of funny. He was uh, the kid but buff. Yeah. Um, then I also liked uh, High Evolutionary as a villain. I think that's what Kang should have been in, in Ant-Man. Um, if we can find a way to bring him back and maybe turn him into the big bad of the new MC uh, phase five and six, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Well, yeah. he's not dead. No, because Drax carried him out. There was a post on Instagram that actually showed that Drax actually did carry the higher evolutionary out of, out of out of the burn out of the burning out of the burning, what whatever that was supposed to be. Basically. The spaceship fortress. I I I I will I will say the product, I will say some parts of the production design is very Frodenberg esque, and I and I think that I'll. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy very good. Um, you know, Secret Invasion, whatever, Marvel's hell no. Um, but <laughs> I sorry, I, Tyler. Yeah, sorry, Tyler. I did not like Captain Marvel. I will go out and probably say it is my it's not the worst MCU movie, but damn, it's close for me because Thor Dark World still takes that as the worst one for me. Uh, my uh, my worst is Thor Love and Thunder. Like that one just destroyed that was me. Bad. That was bad. It's yeah, dogs. Captain Marvel, I'm not. That trailer, I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. And the fact that you had to make it to the fact you had to have three of them because no one, everyone was like, oh, all the people who saw it like, yeah, no, we're not really a big fan of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, so we can't have her in a focus place in the movie. And I'm assuming Samuel Jackson can be in it a lot, so you gotta make sure you have the two new people too because we all know about Kamala Khan and the other girl from Monica from but uh yeah so the guardians, um, Ga- guardians galaxy did a good job bringing back some disconnected people from the mcu uh let's see how long they stay uh for me uh i'm gonna hop off between all, all basically all y'all but um 
for someone who hasn't been too crazy and I feel like you know I do believe there is some factor of superhero fatigue. I know we witnessed that for uh, Shazam, given the fact that Shazam didn't do well box office financially. Mm. Um, There's some people who I know will go and see, you know, the Marvel properties for sure. Um, But as someone who hasn't been totally pleased and wowed and didn't, hasn't, like, I miss seeing, like, Oh, Molly is like making all sorts of noises on my computer. Excuse me. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Now she's sneezing all over me. Okay. Anyways, I was saying, uh, if this was my last MCU film for a while, like what Darius was saying, then I don't mind it being like my Guardians of the Galaxy, my last hurrah for a while, mm. because uh, the Marvels is getting released the weekend I am getting married, so I <laughs> won't be seeing that for. <laughs> so um yeah um yeah um but otherwise like I haven't been too pleased about some of the tv shows like I love WandaVision I I enjoyed Loki was pretty good you know when Captain you know Winter Soldier Falcon you know say, say what you wanted that in that context um you know, I enjoyed Hawkeye, like, you know, I, I'm curious about Secret Invasion, but I'm not, I'm curious about Loki season two, but uh, I don't know how I feel like going forward, like, I just am feeling like, definitely, like, if this is going to be, like, the last Marvel, like, film I see in theaters for a while, then fine, I'll just watch the TV shows, you know, and then just catch up for a while of, you know, because I feel like, you know, I've, seen like all the superheroes I wanted to in theaters and now it's like all right now it's time for me to see something a little bit newer maybe Marvel needs to take a not so much of a break but I you know I say that for Star Wars as well but I don't know I think they need to re-envision themselves like what James Gunn is going to be doing with you know the DCU so I am definitely intrigued to see how James Gunn is going to take the the newly incre- newly requested DCU in a new direction. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I mean, then again, David Zaslav is still the CEO, so that's not so that's not so it's not exactly a high bar to clear. But 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 then yeah. again, considering, considering what he did, considering what he did with the Galaxy, with the uh, the Guardians and all that, I do have some some measure of hope that we'll that we'll at least get more of a consistent time frame with consistent time time frame in between movies and i'm gonna be honest i think that's probably the only legitimate reason i'm, I'm even gonna bother seeing the flash just to sort of just just to sort of close out this entire like the close, the close out this entire thing and mm-hmm. and and not and not, and not and not to mention with the um with what just with, with what you said about the superhero critique and what you said about the superhero critique and all that i that's that's sort of the thing with these superhero movies. You can't you sometimes you can't you, you can't often tell whether it's just the the films are getting progressively worse or if you're just getting older. And it's not. It's, I think not just it's that, and it's just the IP that they're going to adapt. Because it was funny because like we we I think all of us have at least seen Shazam, the newest Shazam, and the uh, the new one. I particularly enjoyed it, but the way it just came out and just the way it was marketed and. The way that it's it's the IP and property lately, it's not an MCU film, it's DC, and uh, it didn't do as well financially. And maybe that's where a lot of people are seeing that fatigue in that realm. So it's only going to say for the DCU uh, 
because he also now during 2021 james gunn directed suicide the suicide squad i, I still call it suicide, i still call it suicide squad too but yeah. i yeah i call it <laughs> that too but that didn't do as financially well either if you all recall well because but that was again, more, that was improvement over the first film well, and we were in the middle of a pandemic. pandemic. And yes. I'm also continuing saying those factors as well. Like those yeah. don't play a factor as well. Yeah, and but... then the fact it released in theaters and HBO Max. So a lot of people decided mm-hmm. to just watch on HBO Max. So I think superhero fatigue is still around to a degree, but I think it's this point studios need to be careful and selective in how they choose their projects and how they're going to approach them and pick out the best talent. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, guys. My dog is barking uh, to (laughs) carry those, you know, projects forward. So that's my thoughts. Molly's giving her thoughts. She's the rocket (laughs) in this situation. But uh, anything else? I think that's it. This is a good movie. Go check it out. Yes, I highly recommend. It's okay. And also, I just want to say, it's probably my favorite film of the year so far. That's number one. For I wouldn't right go now. that far. It's still John. It's number me. one. It's, I, it's I, like would, the... I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't go that far. Either. It, 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 I'm, I'm honestly debating whether it's going to be an honorable mention or if it's just, or if it's only just going, or if it's only just going to get on my list. Honestly, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't really, um, I haven't really found a film yet that has surpassed either John, either John Wick or Rye Lane. But that's definitely something to consider. Gotta check out. Um, I I won't let you sit on that alone, Kristen. I it's it, the only movie I've given a ten out of ten this year so far. So far, John Wick is a very close second, but I didn't yes. give it a ten. But so far, my only ten. Yeah, Best I'm, movie of the year. yeah, I'm on my scale. It's like a basically a ten out of ten. Didn't James Gunn didn't have to do too much to please me in this sense <laughs> but guys let us know your thoughts on the guardians of the galaxy volume volume three i almost said volume two and your thoughts did you love it did you hate it let us know we want to know and yeah let's move on to our as molly's saying let's move on to the box office report with mac All right, so the box office report for this past weekend of the 19th to 21st of May. At number 10, we got Dungeons and Dragon, Honor Among Thieves, which came at a 405.8K made. Number nine, Love Again with 410,000 uh, made. Hypnotic, 815,000. Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, coming in at number seven with $1.3 million. John Wick Chapter 4 coming in at number six with $1.3 million. Evil Dead Rise is number five with $2.4 million. Book Club, the next chapter, coming in with $3 million at number four. Number three is the Mario movie, still ranking in the dough with $9.6 million. And number two, Guardians of the Galaxy, coming in with $32.4 million. And taking the top spot in its opening weekend is Fast Furious 10, which came in at $67 million made. And its total, so far, of its run of the box office, Fast and Furious X has made $318.5 million worldwide. Well, I'm not surprised. However, it's not surprising. However, Family always comes out on top. Yeah, but he, <laughs> <here's> <laughs> as Diesel thing. says, 
Here's family comes out on top. Literally, his the first Fast and Furious is immortal. Fast and Furious franchise is immortal. We cannot kill it. Here's a fun fact for you: On Sunday, it had a 26.7 percent drop in daily um, revenue, only making a 16.5 million dollars for Sunday. So I think everyone by Sunday is like, "Yeah, we're sick of this shit." <laughs> We saw like all the major fans saw it in advance, and then they're like, Honestly, all right. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, is anyone gonna see the new Fast and Furious? And are you excited for this being a part one of a three part trilogy ending? I no. I li- I literally saw it yesterday, and and I'm and I'm gonna end them. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I I I don't, I don't know I don't know how they did it, but I don't know how they did it, but they bloody did it. The, 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 Keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. They literally went to space in F9. The fact that that movie didn't break me, but this one did, is pretty telling. <laughs> I saw it on Thursday, and I haven't yet to review it yet because I'm just really lazy. But I mean, really? I, it was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen, but I had a smile on the entire time on my face. Pretty much. It was. It is something that like breaks you in the opposite way that Guardians breaks you. You just like you can't help but you just shrug your shoulders, kind of like like there's a very somber, serious moment, and I laughed out loud, very loud in my very quiet theater. Were you the only one in your theater? No, it was actually pretty packed for oh, was it like two p.m. on a Thursday? Yeah. Oh wow, you saw it two p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. Listen, for a mu- as much as we make fun of these series, these series is like widely popular. So no matter what, people will go see yeah. it. Just for it, as long as I keep making them, I'll keep I'll keep going to see them because I want to see how much further they are going to try and take it. They, well, they they already they already went to space. What more they can do? What? what well, like, they ruled out. Time they already tra- went to play space. What more can they do? Like time travel again? Well, no, they ruled that out. But you know, we don't. I know. wonder what Paul Walker would say if he was still around. No, they said know? that he. They said that he'd be cool with all these movies. That he. That's okay. what he wanted. I'm like, you sure? You sure about eh. that? Are you sure about that? I was like, oh no, but my Get out the Ouija board and let's find out. My favorite, they should do what Ana de Armas did for Bond and go to his grave and ask if it's okay for him to, if they keep doing these movies. <laughs> yes. Oh, Paul Walker. I mean, I mean, I get, I mean, I guess. continue this franchise and then like take a Ouija board out and What's the funny, dial? What's funnier too is when we, when I saw um, Guardians, they played the trailer for Fast X and the part when Vin Diesel's driving down the dam. Over oh, I, I, I turned to my dad and I said, Man, remember when the series was about street racing and like it was just whoever had to use the NOS at the right timing and now like their Vin Diesel at this point is just now we have Helen Mirren in them. Listen, this... whatever you're expecting from that damn sequence, if you ever see it, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like that's the one I feel like that's the scene that might break you guys. Cause I've I've read reports that like I guess there's a lot of just there's like one disturbing scene with Jason Momoa that they had to get permission to put in. Is Jason Momoa a good villain? I like um, um, I can't that, answer this one. I thought he was the best part of the movie. Def, 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 definitely the definitely in my in my personal opinion, he's the best one since Deckard, in my opinion. Really? So is I he just having is he just having fun? Yes. Oh yes, yeah, he looks yes, like he's, he's having, having fun. so much fun. Thank God. So and, how about and, 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 and honestly, it, it honestly goes into camp territory a little bit. And honestly, yeah. I kind, I kind, I kind of don't, I kind of don't mind that. 
And how's John Cena? Is John Cena better than he was in the previous one? Yes. Because <laughs> you remember this this is one had production issues because Justin Lane quit. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, he's like, yeah. F you, Finn Diesel. And that's the thing. That's the thing with Vin Diesel. I love Vin Diesel. Like I think he gets shit on too much as an actor, but I love a good Vin Diesel meme though. My thing is like I think he he there's nothing wrong with wanting to take your craft seriously, and I respect that for actors. But he needs to realize that this is not like a Francis Ford Coppola level type movie. This is Fast and Furious. I don't think he realizes that. Yeah, no, I don't think he's in on the joke. Like I think the saddest part is like the when he does this stuff in the movie, he's like dead serious. Like, oh, this is like cinema. Because remember, like when Fast Nine came out, he was like, I want this to like be nominated for an Oscar. I said. <laughs> Relax, man. You're 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 going crazy. And then the fact that he I ran, showed you mercy. He ran he ran the rock out of town with it. It was like, damn, Ben. Like, what? You really like you didn't give a shit about this franchise. You left after the first movie and came back in the third one. Like, I just want to acknowledge also the fact we, uh the only yeah. time I've really remembered Ben Diesel at this point is besides Rocket, not Rocket Group. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah is his musical career because remember he was in if you if you're a selena gomez fan like myself he was in her song it ain't uh uh the one with uh kaigo he does the backup vocals for her oh yeah that's right hmm. and um if you guys got to go online and do a deep dive there's a video online of vin diesel singing drunk in love by beyonce <laughs> I still remember um, when he had the interview a few years ago. He said, "Let me talk to you, baby." I'm like, "Oh no, Vin, what are you oh, doing?" Oh, crazy! Yeah, that was like, yeah. yeah he's like, let me talk to you, baby. Let me talk to you, baby. Like, oh my gosh! But the enough for well, well, okay. I guess one more thing. When I saw a post about that, I guess we're talking about Fast and Furious. Like, um, there was one time I saw I was on Friday, and it was like a series of posts on Instagram. It was like, what at what moment? was it like you guys said i'm done with this series and the ones i saw was one convincing us that john cena and vin diesel are brothers the second mm-hmm. one, the second it one being true, when, vin, when vin diesel caught the car in the uh eighth movie the next one was when the rock took the torpedo and like um turned the tail wheel to the left really quickly and then um the next one was like uh, I think, oh, the next one was when he caught Letty from one side of the highway to the other way. The tank in Fast 6. Yeah, and then the last one was when <laughs> him and Jason Statham were having a fight in the parking garage. His man just earth stomped the parking garage. and Really earth bends for a second? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, like, I, went, like, I gotta ask y'all, what, what was the point you guys were like, I'm so done with these, like, the Logic has gone out because they even made a joke in the life point when Tyrus is like, everyone knows that we got in these situations we don't have a single scratch on us. Like you know, they make like, a joke about it in Fast X. Uh, of course they do. It, oh. it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of funny you mentioned The Rock because uh yeah. Post, uh, hey, uh, hey post, no spoiler, no spoiler, no score spoilers. We did it for Guardians. We won't no, I it. haven't seen it. I actually want to see it. I'm not trying to be a spoiler. Oh right, that's right, because you're seeing it. Noted. <laughs> I do. I did read. It. Apparently, it sets up Hobbs and Shaw too, which is yay. I don't. Oh, I did it. hear about that. I didn't. I don't. Want I, to, I didn't hmm. give a fuck about Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> it was just a movie to be made because The Rock was mad at Vin Diesel. When's The Rock not mad when he doesn't have attention to be Asian? No, I'm not trying even, to be mean. It wasn't even that. It Here's was the mid- thing. Remember was- the fact that with the whole controversy with Black Adam. Oh yeah. So he had his own superhero movies. So now he had his own. Fast and Furious movie. 
Well, it's the, fa- it's the fact too. Vin Diesel's like, this is my franchise. You can't break this family. Rock, I'll fight you. Can't you can't break my family. And then Vin Diesel's like, hey, you can come back. And Rock's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, this has been the Fast and Furious podcast, uh, aka the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy podcast. I want to thank our guests for coming on, uh, Darius and Tyler. Thank you for coming on again. We got to have you guys Yay! on again soon. <laughs> I'm glad to be on here. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Thank you for having me. So yeah, let's go ahead, oh, Kristen. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say. I was just gonna say, yay, and more. Do more comments. Yeah, Say so more compliments to our guests. You're gonna find them their posts in their. You're gonna find the links to their socials in the uh, description below, of course. And um, make sure you comment. What's your favorite Fast and Furious moment? Because my mo- favorite moment is when Bow Wow was like, "If you ain't out of control, you ain't in control," and he highly claimed. Uh, oh, Bow Wow! To- Tokyo Drift. Because oh. remember when he had his the Hulk car and he hulked all over the screen, and then Lucas Black was like, "It's Tokyo drifting time," and then drifted all over the screen. That was truly great. But Kristen, what's coming up on the uh, podcast? What are we doing these next couple? I think for our next podcast, Fast Furious. <laughs> well, I'm well, I'm not seeing it, so it's <laughs> yeah. be a while. Um, we got the Spider Verse coming up. Yeah, are we going to talk about the first movie or the? Uh... I don't know, the first movie next time. Yes. All righty, guys. So we're going to be talking about the first Spider-Verse movie before we head into the Spider-Verse sequels. So join yeah. us next time as we talk the Spider-Verse. Once again, thank you so much to Darius and Tyler for taking the time out of their schedules to talk to us. And make sure you follow us on our Instagram pages and our Twitters. They will be also be linked down below. And we will see you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Peace. Bye. See you later.